Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Well, hello and good morning to you. It's great to be here on a Tuesday morning. It uh, is about 45 degrees out there. The sun is shining. We're headed up to the sun. You really can't design a more beautiful day. And uh, today uh, on the Andy Griffin Show, I'd like to welcome in Steve Wilson. Steve is, uh, well, probably you know him or you know of him if you've lived in St. George for any amount of time. Uh, Steve was the CEO of Dixie Regional Medical Center as it went from a little bitty hospital into a big giant one. But we're going to talk about how that's not who Steve is. That's what he did, but that's not who he's, Steve is. Steve has written a book called Next, Redefining Retirement. Uh, and, Steve, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself some more as to, as to how you've arrived where you are right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, well, it's, it's fairly simple. I'm not a retirement expert. I'm an expert on my retirement. <laughs> and uh, when I retired... Uh, almost 12 years ago, I faced the same challenge that everybody else does in terms yeah. of, okay, so what do I do now? What's and next? And what's next? Yeah. And uh, that question was one that I pondered and, and really turned to try to get my, uh, my head around by writing. And I began to write what I was learning. I began to explore um, what does it mean for me? to have this opportunity, really a gift, to uh, be able to direct my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do I do with it? And as a result, it's, it started a little project, and I just kind of turned to, uh, to writing my thoughts to help me understand better. And uh, <laughs> as you and I talked earlier, Writing is very difficult, yes, especially when I began to think someone else might read this. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe they should. And one thing after another resulted in uh, a book. Yeah. And um, certainly I would expect that my 10th grade English teacher will roll over in her grave if word gets to her that I did that. But uh, it's all about my experience, and hopefully it'll be helpful to others. When, when you shared that about your 10th grade, uh, you know, like yes. a C- minus or something, I actually, I think it was 11th grade for me, struggled in English. I, I missed a couple of weeks of school. I struggled to catch up with everything, uh, and I ended up actually having to go back to summer school and make up that class. <laughs> and then I became a writer as well, and, and I always wonder about uh, about Mrs. Stewart and what she would have thought <laughs> about that. Of course, back then we had to write about things like Julius Caesar oh. and all that stuff, and I get to write about sports mostly now, so I'm okay <laughs> with that. Now, let's uh, talk about what your book is. I, 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 as, as I read it and went through it, I thought it was fascinating. It's kind of uh, retirement advice. Uh, it's, it's kind of life advice, and it's part motivational uh, kind of mindset uh, book. Uh, and you said, you, you know, basically you wrote it for yourself. But certainly, I thought, for, for me personally, I thought all of the, all of the, uh, the tenets that you present are things that I can use, too. Well, I hope that's the case. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things that I learned as I pondered this this entire topic is that retirement is simply a transition. And Andy, you and I have gone through many transitions in mm-hmm. our lives, sure. as has everyone else. Um, 
perhaps the one that uh, I enjoy talking to people ab- about most is I remind them to remember when they retired from high school. <laughs> and when you think about that, first you chuckle, but then as you take it more seriously, you recognize that when you left high school, you often left behind a very complex social network. Yeah. <laughs> you left behind uh, activities on Friday night for football games, basketball games, whatever it was, mm-hmm. where you joined together with friends. You also lost a lot of structure from your life. Oh, yeah. Uh, there wasn't the same reason to get up on Monday morning to do the assignments, to go through the structure of daily life. And you had to find what was next in that. And then we've all retired from our first job and Mm -hmm. moved to a second job and had different responsibilities and had to figure that out. I think oftentimes we look at retirement and it becomes overwhelming because it seems like such a huge change. And it is, but it's just a transition and we need to go about it the same way we did to be successful after high school. Well, I, I like, you know, right at, right toward the beginning of the book, you talk about the word, a four-letter word. It's called done, D-O-N-E. <laughs> and then you change the punctuation on done. It's question mark, period, and exclamation point. Maybe can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, you know, that I think is the first question everybody faces when you reach that point mm-hmm. where you believe you can retire. I think you really have to examine... Are you done with career? Yeah. Is it over? And what kind of done is it? I really think retirement is an opportunity to say, ha, I'm glad the toughest part of my life experience is over, Yeah. which I really think career is. A career is something as we uh, are involved in today's world that is so fast paced and there's so much pressure and structure that's imposed upon us Mm -hmm. from outside forces. I think in many ways you could argue that it is the most difficult phase of of life. So I think there's a done that is, oh, I'm excited. That's done and passed. And now I have the opportunity to direct my life the way I want to, right. and to focus it in areas that I want to. The real challenge for people is most haven't thought about what it is they're going to focus their attention on. All we're thinking about is money. Am I going to have enough money to be yes. retired? That, that's like our big focus. It, it, it's the major focus for everyone. I think all of our emphasis is on getting to retirement, mm-hmm. but we don't spend a lot of time thinking about living in retirement. Yeah. And that that really became the crux of of my quest and trying to figure out so what do I do in this opportunity that's been given to me? Um and it's um I I turned as you mentioned there's a lot of quotes in the book. I look for people to give me examples um and um uh, I really enjoyed looking at those people that are well-known that have made the transition, and what can I learn from that? I'll give you a couple. Nelson Mandela, Mm -hmm. we all know. 
inspirational leader, went through incredible trials and prison time and things. When he left office, a reporter asked him what his plans were for retirement. And he simply said, I plan to take my retirement seriously. Mm. You can look at that and think, oh, gee, well, that's cute. But I really think that's the crux of the issue. You have to take retirement seriously. You can't just get there and decide, oh, this will be easy. I just don't go to work. I'll figure it out. I'll play it by ear. Yeah. A but- lot of people who do that find themselves stuck in a downward spiral Yeah. because pretty soon they start to devalue their own life as if I don't really have meaning. I'm not contributing. I'm really don't have a lot of worth. Yeah. I'm, I'm in limbo. I'm, uh, you know, why, why would I wake up in the morning? There's nothing to do anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Another one was Tom Brokaw, yeah. who I love, mm-hmm. um, not just as a commentator, but as a writer, uh, the greatest generation, the different projects that he takes on. When he retired, he said that he didn't intend to retire when he left the nightly news. But he intended to do those things of his choosing um, slower. (laughs) He wanted to focus on what he wanted to focus on, but he wanted to do that slower. Mm -hmm. And as you contemplate that, I think it goes back again to the fast-paced world that we live in. And we often have things that we wish we could spend more time on that we could delve into that captures yeah. our interest and imagination, but the demands of day-to-day work don't allow it. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's unrealistic if you're if you're working eight or ten or twelve hours a day, and you want to have a little time with your family, and all of a sudden your 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 it's hours gone. are gone. And, yeah. and and I think that's another point, Andy. That um, as I talk to people. Uh, reaching retirement and ask the simple question, so what are your hobbies? It's difficult for many people to figure out what it is that is a hobby because hobbies are very difficult to maintain during career. You end up focusing your attention on how can I do my job better. Right. You read books about it. You go to seminars about it. You uh, uh, find it difficult to continue to cultivate interests outside of the workplace and then when you're presented with all of this time it becomes a a challenge to figure that out many people try to do it with leisure and we have a a list of things that we want to do when we retire we want to travel we want to visit the grandkids we want to play golf and then in the second week of retirement, we wonder what to do. <laughs> well, that was a good week. Now what? <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things you talk a lot about is learning in retirement. Um, and a lot of people, I, I know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm 53, so I have a little while still until, until I hit retirement. But I think, you know what, I'm a pretty learned guy. I, I read a lot, uh, especially, like you said, stuff surrounding what I do for a living. Uh, and, and I almost feel like, well, what, when I retire, I don't need to learn anymore because at that point I'm going to know it all. Talk about learning in retirement and what that means to you and what you talked about in your book. Well, 
Um, I, th- I think the big challenge in retirement when you leave, as I mentioned earlier, that social network and uh, close connections with people you work with that, uh, and the demands to learn on the job, to stay current, and to be um, an asset to the company. Uh, when you take that away, there's a tendency for your world to close in around you. There's a tendency for your world to become smaller. Hmm. You don't have the same interactions. The people you left at your employment continue to be very busy every day. Yeah. And, and you're you not. may want to call and visit, but you really don't have things in common anymore. Mm-hmm. And you don't maintain those relationships in the same level. Same thing applies with learning. I think unless you make a conscientious effort to continue to be curious, to want to know about different things, to learn things mm-hmm. that are of interest to you, your world can close in on you as well. And that's probably something I didn't really give a lot of thought to yeah. uh, prior, but um, I think it's a real challenge. So whatever you can do and whatever that means for you, if there's an interest you have, pursue it. The way the world's structured now, you can learn about virtually anything off of your phone yeah. as you go through the experience. And if you have difficulty with that, uh, look for a nine-year-old grandchild hmm. to help you navigate yeah, the phone help. better. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, my, I believe my 15-year-old daughter did some... My, my mom took her iPhone to the Apple store to get something fixed on it. They couldn't figure it out, so they, she brought it home, and my 15-year-old granddaughter fixed it. Or my 15-year-old daughter, her granddaughter, fixed uh, it. So that's, that's uh, the way things go. But we can learn everywhere around us, and the opportunities are there. So I... I do think that that's a critical element. And as you mentioned earlier, Andy, um, since retirement is just a phase of life, the lessons that I've tried to apply here, lessons for life and retirement, are really lessons for life. It -hmm. just happens to apply to that particular stage of life, and learning is important throughout our life. One of those lessons that you talk about is, is doubt or belief, maybe the opposite mm-hmm. of doubt. And the fact is that uh, doubt, I think it's a, a natural thing for, for man to doubt his, himself or his abilities. Uh, and so how, how can we combat doubt as in retirement but in life in general? Good question. I'm still working on it. Yeah, I know. It's tough. Um, but the, what, I, what I found is that... Um, um, my, my first thoughts, uh, in retirement, as I tried to anticipate and, uh, gain direction of what do I do? I, my first thought was, I only know how to do one thing. I've, I've worked in healthcare mm-hmm. as an administrator for 30 years. And you got really good at it. Well, but. and you tend to <laughs> kind of narrow your focus and thinking that I know about this, but how is that applicable? Mm-hmm. And um, so you first begin with some doubts as to whether or not you can be relevant and contribute in any other way than what you know. Right. But over time, I came to recognize... Um, becoming an expert on Medicare reimbursement wasn't the skill that I had. 
the skill that I had, I believe, was I was a creative problem solver. Nice. And there's a need for creative problem solving everywhere. Everywhere, yeah, you're right. And so, um, actually, <laughs> uh, I think when it comes to doubt, I just encourage people to uh, not limit themselves by imposing their own thoughts on mm. the matter yeah. and allowing doubt to creep in. I think we all do that, too. And maybe that brings me, Andy, to... Um, what I think is the most critical step a person needs to take as they reach retirement or as they hopefully find themselves a year or more away from retirement is to begin thinking about their plan for living in retirement. And um, um, I, I believe that in the words of uh, a very wise gentleman, Ben Stein, who said, the indispensable first step to getting what you want is knowing what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That rolls off the tongue fairly easily, but that is huge. Yeah. It's it's Um, deep. Yeah. You've got to have a, a clear understanding in your mind, what do I want my retirement to be? Yeah. Which also brings up the point that retirement, unlike career, career is filled with doing. Yeah. Your life is run by a to-do list. And you go through as quickly as you can and multitask to get as many boxes checked as you possibly can each I, day. I do it every day. Yep. Every Make day. a list and check it off. Yep. We all do. It's filled with doing. That is what career is all about. The shift, and subtle as it may be, to retirement, I believe retirement is all about being. Hmm. You shift the focus to what do I want to be, not what do I want to do. But by answering the question, what do I want to be, it will automatically dictate or outline things to do. Yeah. And it can be as simple as, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good grandpa. Yeah. Those things automatically bring with it to accomplish that things you need to be doing. I want to be a good neighbor. I want to contribute to my community. Hmm. What does that mean? How do you do that? And um, But it's important, I think, to start with what is it you want to be. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and, and that's something we don't have to wait till retirement to think about either. No, we all should be thinking that. And, yeah. and to a certain degree, I think we do. It just becomes more important because our life isn't filled with the requirements of yeah. the outside employment. Yeah, you're right. Hey, we've got uh, Seth is on the on the phone line. If you want to grab a, a headset real quick, we'll bring Seth in and get a uh, get a question from Seth before we go to weather. Uh, Seth, how are you today? I just want to explain my graduation from high school. Okay. 
Yeah, I was at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and the drill sergeant uh, announced at PT at 5 o'clock in the morning that uh, I had graduated and wanted me to come up and accept my diploma in basic training. Oh, wow. 5 o'clock in the morning? At at 16, so um, yes, it was quite a difference from (laughs) being at home and, and high school at the same time, and I've graduated over and over and over again to one different thing or another. I got to my first uh, major employment uh, after graduate school, and uh, they made the mistake of turning over all the human resources records to me. That was a mistake, probably. And uh, I did a little calculation. The computer was like as big as a house, and when I ran the results, the results said that each retiree would... uh, get a paycheck from his retirement program once a month. And that when I added up the total number, they got on average 19 paychecks from the retirement program before they died. Wow. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Is there something other than fishing and golfing and eating at the buffet at 3.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) You're absolutely right there, Seth. I mean, you have to have purpose. You have to have meaning in life. Um, And oftentimes, we think all of those things leave us at retirement, which maybe makes a lot of people frightened to enter retirement. Uh, But unless you have a plan, unless you have a clear idea of what it is you want to be accomplishing and focusing on. Um, retirement can be very difficult, and that has been the experience, I think, in years past, uh, going back generations. Uh, people did not live long after retirement because they lost a lot of that meaning and purpose, purpose in their yeah. life. Yes, and, and exactly now, I, there's one caveat. This was in the, the population that I had access to an exploration and development department was field workers, people who were roughnecks and people who were working in the oil field. And uh, two of one, they smoked, they drank, and uh, they ate a horrible kind of diet compared to what we consider today. And so there was a lot of environmental uh, and and lifestyle kinds of things that contributed to that, and they were in poor health in reality before they retired. So I think that's another key is if you're planning on living a long while, I would recommend you take care of your body now. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, Absolutely. it's sort of fun, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, one of the things I've done a lot of things uh, um, moved away from this big city, which gave me the highs all the time, and uh, moved away into the country and the place that I selected, and doing the things I wanted. But one of the things that I probably had much, much before that, but I adopted a, a new name for myself, and I just want to know if you gentlemen know what the word sapiophile means. Sapio, I assume that's like Homo sapiens, so man, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, no, not no. just the way the Homo part is a man. Okay. So okay, sapien. and the sapien part is wisdom. Oh. Okay, hmm. so a 
sapiophile is uh, a person who seeks and wants wisdom. And as, as it's already been mentioned, if you can get up every day and learn 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 things, I know amongst everything else, that, uh, that makes me so I want to wake up the next morning because I can hardly wait to what can I learn today. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And so let me suggest that if people want to live a long and happy uh, life, that they become sapiophiles. And if you see the back of my uh, uh, Volkswagen, it says, uh, sapiophile, I love to learn. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Seth, for the call. I think that's uh, those are wise words. Thank you, Seth. We've got to get a weather break in. Uh, I'm with Steve Wilson, author of the book, Next. We'll talk more about the book, how you can get a hold of it, and some of the words of wisdom that are contained in uh, in the second half. We've, we've only talked about the first few chapters so far, but uh, hang with us, folks. Morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 9.39 on the clock on the 12th day of November. Gorgeous November. When you've got 70 degrees and sunny. I'm here to tell you, I have a convertible, and I don't get to drive it much anymore because uh, I've got a company car, but uh, that top is down, and it's going to stay down for as long as we have this fantastic weather, that top is going to stay down. I'm talking with Steve Wilson today. He is the author of the book called Next, uh, Next, and then in, in sub, the subheadings are Redefining Retirement, Lessons for Life's Transitions. And I like that because it, you know, it, it starts out as a book about retirement, but it's really a book about life, about uh, kind of tackling whatever your next project is going to be. And, and like we talked about a few minutes ago about uh, not what you're going to do, but what you're going to be. I, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, Andy, um, it is a book more about transitions than it is retirement. Retirement mm-hmm. is the focus because it's my experience. But as I've contemplated it, I've realized there are lessons to be learned from any transition, whether it's um, sure. uh, going from single to married to having children to being an empty nester to whatever it is. We move through these various phases through our lives. As a matter of fact, one of the quotes that I came across, and I was a sponge, to learn as from as many sources as I could, thoughts that might help me understand this process. Um, uh, uh, Thoreau once said Mm -hmm. that uh, going to, from, is the history of every one of us. Hmm. We are always in the process of going to something from something. Uh, And as you think about that, it uh, uh, has been helpful to me to look for sources of inspiration that I wouldn't otherwise think would be helpful in this topic. One of the things that uh, you know, I wondered maybe if, if you could talk about a little bit is gratitude. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it sounds like a church lesson huh? or, or something with Thanksgiving coming up. Oh, we got to be grateful for what we have. But uh, gratitude it was, is, is a, an interesting section in your book. I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and too often, and I am guilty, as guilty as anybody, uh, it's easy to complain about things that 
that don't work, that aren't working, that, uh, you know, my, one of my pet peeves is people that say they're going to do something and then don't do it. I'd rather just have them tell me I'm not going to do that than to say they're going to and not do it. And so I complain about that. Tell me about how gratitude should replace <clears throat> belly aching or complaining. Oh, you know, um, again, this is a lesson that I didn't start off thinking had any place yeah. in my thought process. But yeah. Gratitude, and if you go to the dictionary, the definition is a state of being grateful, thankful, or appreciative. Mm -hmm. I think if that's our basic outlook on on life uh, each day, it changes dramatically the way in which we approach the things that we are tasked with doing. Yeah. This will be a stretch, again, from another source um, that I thought was profound and influenced my thinking about gratitude comes from another hero of mine, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Oprah made the statement that be thankful for what you have and you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you'll never, ever have enough. I think sometimes we can uh, focus in on retirement and thinking about what we don't have or wish we had. Mm-hmm. or And that puts us on a very dangerous path that brings negative thoughts into mind. And it's not just a mental exercise. I think it has an incredible influence on our day-to-day living. Um, one, one, One bit of learning that I gained in this, Andy, was that nothing has meaning until you give it. Think about that for a moment. Nothing has meaning until you give it. The events that take place in our lives are just events. They're not positive or negative. They only become such when we determine that they're one or the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So from that standpoint... One of the things that I quickly reflected on is that often in my life, many of the things that have happened to me that I first quickly labeled as negative ended up over time becoming some of the most positive things that happened to me. It's a function of when we might apply the label. It's not the event itself. It's how we translate it. Um, And, well, uh, that helped me a lot as I think about uh, gratitude and attempting every day to focus on what I'm grateful for to try to force out those things that might be negative. Two of the stories you tell in the book are uh, Lance Armstrong yes. and and his battle with cancer and, and what that did to his life. And the other one is Michael J. Fox and his battle with Parkinson's disease. Both were very um, influential to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Lance Armstrong's story 
And I know his story changed as time went on and the doping incident uh, arose and all of that. But before you got there, Lance Armstrong was one of the most famous and most accomplished uh, uh, bicyclists in the world and had a bout with uh, cancer, testicular cancer that was advanced to the point that it should have taken his life. And um, uh, I read his book, which is not about the bike. And that's the uh, name of it. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it's not about the bike. And he ended up making a statement in the book that said, if he were given a choice to have had cancer or to win the Tour de France. He'd pick having cancer. And that just blew me away. Yeah, on the surface, that doesn't make any sense. It blew me away. But he went on to describe how experiencing that challenge in his life and going through it and focusing all of his energy on overcoming it brought him much greater sensitivity, much greater understanding of the value of life and where he would put emphasis hmm. in his life. And I love that, that focus. Michael J. Fox, who I grew up with. Sure, um, yeah. Our, our generation, yeah. I mean, he was as big a movie star as there was. A, as big as, as could be yeah. and likable. Yeah, oh yeah. Likable. And uh, for him to be able to um, receive... A diagnosis of multiple sclerosis that began little by little taking away his ability to function um, and took away his career essentially because there were no roles that would incorporate those things that that he knew that defined him that he was quite frankly was good at really good at yeah and um in reading his story and going through it, he talks very similarly about a lesson of being able to learn how to use what he did have available to him to its greatest degree. Um, early in my career in hospital administration, I worked at the McKay D. Hospital in Ogden, sure. where we had a large rehabilitation facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had many individuals that were treated after primarily accidents that left them paralyzed. Mm. I remember talking to a young man who had uh, severed his spinal cord by jumping into a body of water that turned out to be shallower than he thought. And um, I visited with him, and he related to me a similar story about how his accident had allowed him to focus on things that he had previously taken for granted, that he didn't apply himself, he wasn't getting the most out of the talents that he had, but his accident focused him Hmm. on getting everything he could out of all the things he could do. And he said, I am certain 
I've been able to achieve more in my life as a result of being paralyzed than what I would have accomplished without it. And I thought, how could that be? Right. I mean, those thoughts began to connect dots for me as I read and tried to understand this lesson of gratitude. And all of us would do well to focus on what we have, not on what we don't have. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Steve. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I will take your phone call, 673-5890. We're talking with author and former Dixie Regional Medical Center CEO Steve Wilson on his book, Next, Redefining Retirement. Uh, and again, we'd love to hear from you, 673-5890. Let me uh, just do this real quick. We want to thank Joe Shoney, local loan consultant, focusing on customer service. Uh, you go online, Joe gets 4.91 out of 5 stars on the sur- socialsurvey.me website. Uh, and you go through this list, and it's like they're all five. I don't know why you only got 4.91, because I haven't seen anything below a 5. But uh, this is Tom. Tom says, Joe has assisted me with several loans in the past few years. He and his team are friendly, knowledgeable, and efficient. I'll look to him for assistance in future transactions. This is Amanda. She says, Joe's always exceptional in response time and knowledge. I never worry when things don't go just as planned, because he always has a workaround and a plan B. So it's Joe Shoney. A long-time experienced loan consultant. Give him a call today, 435-590-6300, or email him, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Morning, everybody. Got about seven minutes left in the show, so if you want to call and talk with Steve Wilson... Uh, we would love to take your call, 673-5890. One of the things uh, in the book uh, you talk about a little bit is the uh, response. Someone says, how are you? What What do you answer, folks? Uh, is it fine? Is it okay? Or, you know, whatever. Or do you say uh, something like living the dream? And somebody actually asked me this morning, said, how are you doing today? I said, hey, just living the dream. And I said it without even remembering that it was in the book. And I said it without even thinking about it. And uh, and my my friend my friend who asked this uh, kind of smiled and said, cool, man. And, and I think about that. And, uh, yeah, the, what does that mean to you? And, 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 and talk about the mindset of living the dream. Well, I, I think a lot of us don't give ourselves permission to dream. Yeah. I think we're so focused on the routine daily activities that must be done and the time pressures that come with them. Um, I think that goes back to our initial conversation, Andy, in terms of uh, I think it would be valuable for everyone to take a blank sheet of paper and put it before them and have one question. If I could be anything, mm-hmm. what would I be? Mm. That requires some dreaming. It does. And, allows, and, and you must allow yourself or give yourself permission to think outside the box. Many people find their way to career somewhat coincidentally. True. Very true. Yeah. I think primarily because... We all have a habit of eating on a regular basis. <laughs> if we're not eating on a regular basis and someone offers us a job, we're quick to respond in the affirmative. Well, yeah, I need to eat, so I'm going to work. Yeah. to continue eating, we learn how to do the job well. Mm-hmm. And we continue to progress and gain skill in doing that job. But it's not necessarily 
the thing we would have chosen out of all of the opportunities. It was the one presented to us. Sure. And um, if I had any message about retirement, I'd like it to be thought of not as the beginning of the end, Mm. but the end of the beginning. You've had an opportunity over your career to develop experience, skills, abilities, contacts, that if we were all given the opportunity at 55 to say, okay, that phase is over. Now, what do you want to do? What do you want given, to do? Yeah. Given your knowledge and experience and understanding of the world at this stage and with the skills that you have available, where would you like to spend the next phase of your life and what things would you like to accomplish? I think that's a part of this exercise of of dreaming and putting yourself, freeing yourself from the constraints that we often impose on ourselves to be able to dream anew, to uh, say, you know, what I'd really love to do uh, would be this. And most of us, with rare exception, the person we were born to be can't be described by a job description. It's bigger than that. It's bigger. If we allow it. And we're willing to give ourselves permission to consider what that might be. Hmm. Um, If we have the time, I'd share um, another person. We've got about three minutes, so probably not. Great. (laughs) Well, uh, But, but there are many lessons that I've learned in retirement that I didn't anticipate would be a part of this process. I, I'm not an expert on retirement, as I mentioned. I'm not a financial genius. There are no formulas. The idea is if you decide you're ready for retirement, I think I've got some things to share that will be helpful to people in the process of thinking about their retirement. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, your, your blank, blank page analogy that transitions into a blueprint yes. of where you want to go and what you want to do. Uh, and then, and then the, just to kind of re-highlight what you just said, if you say, I'm living the dream, well, what is the dream? You've got to have a dream if you're going to live the dream. Man, Andy, you are right on. I mean, <laughs> it makes total sense. Before you can live a dream, you have to have a dream. Hmm. And... Too often, our dream has just been to get to a point where I can step away from the daily grind. Yeah, the dream is to retire, period. To retire. uh, Yeah. And that really is short-sighted. And I guess my main message is retirement is a lot harder than you think, (laughs) and you must go into it with a plan and a purpose. Awesome. Steve Wilson is his name. Tell us, how can we get your book? Because I, I, I love the book, and I want people to love it, too, to read it and feel Great. it and love it, too. How can we get it, Steve? Well, we're just in the process of uh, uh, of getting it uh, online at various sources. But if you go to the website, nextretire.com. Nextretire.com, okay. You can... Uh, 
uh, contact us, leave me a message, and we'll let you know how you can a- access the book. We hope to have those details. It was just put out last month, and we're excited to be able to share the message. Thank you so much. His name is Steve Wilson. He wrote the book with, what was her name again? Lisa Larson. Lisa Larson helped him write this book, and it's it's well worth your time. It's not huge. It's not like 600 pages. It's like 100 and, what, 180 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't, it's not going to take, you know, a month to read Again, or anything. Again, had like I that. gotten an A in 10th grade English, it would have been longer. <laughs> All right, Steve, thanks so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and, and listening to and reading some of your advice. I highly recommend the book, folks. In fact, if you want, if you can't afford one, you can borrow one of mine, borrow my copy. Uh, he even signed it for me. So uh, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Andy. It's been a pleasure. Great to talk to you today. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll have some Washington County School District officials on. We'll talk about the psychology department at the school district. And uh, Mayor Hart from Ivins is on on Mayor Thursday. Thanks for joining me today. Have a good day.